Alright, creatures of the night! Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 116 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, and I am one of your co-hosts here. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. It's true. Oh, it's true. Mr. Travis White. Travis, we are kicking off another year in the life of the dead man. Popping it off here in 2006. No way out. And boy, oh boy, what a match do we get to start off with here. The Undertaker and Kurt Angle. Woo! Oh, exactly, man. This is going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's a very brief build-up. I mean, because a lot of things changed. <laughs> a lot of things, uh, they got some curveballs thrown their way. But yeah, man, what a what a great uh, five-star classic to cover here. You know, it's going to be awesome. And uh, you talking about starting off 2006. You know what just popped in my mind is I saw on facebook or online yesterday it's something about 15 years of the miz and wwe wow. this is 15 years of taker and WWE. can you imagine like, <laughs> if he had like if miz now had this schedule like of all the people like the great comebacks and like the, you know takes off every you know fall and winter and comes back with all this pomp and circumstance that'd be the, that'd be the equivalent but. That, I, I, my brain is just <laughs> popping off right now, man. It doesn't, it doesn't compute that. No. Yeah, but imagine The Miz getting that Undertaker push. I just, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. That, man. <laughs> no. No one has ever got it before. No one will probably ever get it again. And that's why we're here, man. That's why we're exactly. going match by match through the career of The Undertaker. One pay-per-view match at a time, telling his story, telling the story of professional wrestling, of the wrestling business, of the WWE, and of Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, here. And we've seen him grow, we've seen him blossom as a performer, we've seen him grow from out of doing very much in this zombie character and, and, and you know doing it so well, even just using some chokes and, and basic maneuvers to evolving that really... Uh, especially during the biker taker era, adding in these submissions and other moves, and, and, and a lot of that you can attribute to this man, his opponent tonight, Kurt Angle. Yeah. Those were some of his early, like, really solid matches uh, back in uh, the early part of the 2000s that we saw there, where we saw a side of taker, man, we hadn't really ever seen before. And this is, sadly, this is the last time they'll ever go at it on pay per view, is this match here we'll get to cover. We've got one more TV match oh, we'll cover man. next week, but. Yeah, man, this is it because this will be Kurt Angle's final yeah. active year in WWE. That's true. He's going to leave for – well, he's going to go to ECW after this for like two weeks and then he's going to quit and go to TNA for longer than he was in WWE, which still blows my mind. It does, day. yeah. He was there for like 11 years or something. It's nuts. But, yeah, I didn't think about that. This is the last time they'll – they'll uh go at it but i remember talking about it you know when we covered their first encounters how we were excited but we, we had the benefit of the hindsight to look we look ahead and see what was you know we knew this was coming so all those other ones are kind of precursors to this and this one uh yeah i don't want i'll save my thoughts for it when we get to it but yeah it's good stuff good stuff well let's savor it let's enjoy it travis because 2006 is gonna be <laughs> There's some turds that we got to dig up here, man. So let's enjoy this nice, fine steak in front of us for as long as we can. Uh, let's well, take... if you thought Randy Orton took up most of 2005, and you were right. Mr. Kennedy is going to 
take out the, the complete back half of 2006 for us. <laughs> yeah. so. this, I, I did not remember that. So yeah, this is this is one where the uh, the appetizer is going to be way better than the entree <laughs> or the dessert yeah. or the main course here. So let's enjoy the salad bar of, of, of Kurt Angle. It's like here. a Ruby Tuesday salad bar. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. Top notch. <laughs> take it all in. <laughs> we're going to take our time traveling hearse back to 2006 where we're going to kick things off. A uh, couple of housekeeping things are just like storytelling notes since yeah. we last left off at Armageddon 2005 with The Undertaker defeating uh, Randy Orton inside Hell in a Cell, sending Man, him on C. his way. <laughs> He did. He did defeat that. He got his, got his vaccination, I guess. He was, he was all set to go. <laughs> uh, kicked uh, kicked Cowboy Bob out of the WWE. Uh, <laughs> Drop kicked him out. And you know what better way for the Undertaker to celebrate than to go home for the holidays and take the next month and a half off because we don't see him again until the Royal Rumble from Armageddon on. It just took Michael Cole's words to heart, man. Happy holidays. That's right. You know, just going home, taking taking care of the wife and kids, I guess. So, yeah, he's just – this is just a routine now. We're just It's almost comical. It is, like, it's just – he's gone from, you know – November to January of every year now, so it's just hilarious. So I'm very envious. I'm only getting two days off for Christmas this year, so I'm very, very jealous <laughs> yeah. of the dead man getting 30 days off here. Yeah, and you work five days a week. Exactly. Once. Come on, man. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was making all the house shows at this point. I, actually, I know he was not because we've checked the records and stuff. No, so. he definitely yeah, was he, not. I mean, no. even when he's a full-time quote-unquote performer on TV, he's not making all the house shows. So. No. You know, but yeah. Well, he he does compete on a few house shows during this time that I did look up just to see if he was yeah. doing anything, and uh, he's actually involved with JBL on most of those. Uh, a couple singles matches, a couple tag matches. I think, um, I think it's he's with Kurt Angle against JBL and Mark Henry or something like that, something similar to that. So, uh, just an idea of what he was doing on the house shows. That's not going to play into TV at all. But right. speaking of the man, Kurt Angle, his opponent for tonight. Uh, just to put the puzzle pieces into place, he was on Raw previously, but he is going to jump over to SmackDown in our interim time before the Royal Rumble. And on his first night there, he's going to win the World Heavyweight Championship because yeah. Batista, a guy who we'll talk about in 2007, he dropped the world title due to injury. Uh, and so there's an impromptu SmackDown Battle Royal where Kurt Angle becomes the new world champion. And the guy who quote unquote injures him uh, in kayfabe, uh, not in real life, but on TV, is another guy who has reappeared on SmackDown, Mark Henry, who is going to play a part in, uh, well, he'll play a part in this week's episode, but more in next week's episode. But he has jumped over to SmackDown as well. He's getting this new monster push, and he's got Davari as his new manager yeah. as well, our old buddy pal Davari. <laughs> Muhammad Hassan Which... had to be repackaged, but. Uh, Davari's can come back on TV. Uh, exactly. Uh, and he was with Angle on Raw, wasn't he? Yeah, Previous I think that's, to this. that's, that's the, the whole story idea. here. Yeah. Because I don't remember, I couldn't remember if it was before this or after this when he went to ECW if he had Davari, but I guess it was before this when he was on Raw with uh, feuding with Shawn Michaels. But anyway, yeah. Had Batista held the title since Mania? Yes. We yes. talked about when he when Eddie passed away, we, maybe he was going to lose it to him or whatever. He hadn't held it since Mania. I wonder if the goal was for him to keep it from Mania to Mania, you know? Or I think it probably was, was long-term. I mean, once but, Eddie passed, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, those are mentioned things. What I was mentioning earlier, like those are mentioned in the story. I don't know what the story was, who he was going to feud with at WrestleMania. I mean, I don't know who Batista was supposed to face. Like, I have no clue. Maybe it was Orton. They could. They kind of planned that those seeds. That could have worked. Yeah. But um. Anyway, uh, yeah. Eddie Guerrero's death threw a lot of uh, turmoil into the plans. Plus, Batista getting injured because then, at this Royal Rumble, uh, Rey Mysterio is going to win the match. But you'd think that's the main event. However, <laughs> it's not. Um, it's actually third from the top, which is weird. That is very weird, you know. It, it never feels right when the Royal Rumble is not the main event of the Royal Rumble show. Uh, it's happened a few times, but it, it never feels right. No, but it makes sense this time because after this we got Cena and Edge going at it again, and but then that's not important. We get Mark Henry and, and Angle, like you said, and uh, Angle's going to beat Mark Henry uh, in this match. So yeah, Angle's kind of like a. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just, it's like he's, he's just Kurt Angle. You yeah. Know? yeah he's he cheats the win. machine, you know? But, uh, but everybody respects his, his effort and what he does in the ring. He's got, this is when he starts wearing that mouthpiece and being more like serious and just hardcore. And it was just definitely, uh, I don't know. I couldn't boo this guy. I, mean, I chanted, you suck at him, but I couldn't boo him. Like that was just, you suck was a term of endearment at this point. You right. know? So, um, but yeah, anyway, but yeah, he beats Mark Henry and then, Celebration doesn't last long. <laughs> no, it does not. No, we find out quickly why this was the main event of the show and uh, not the Royal Rumble because yeah. Uh, immediately after Kurt Angle wins, we hear the King of Gong style. The the gong goes off, the dong, the, <laughs> the <laughs> ringing of the bell, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and The Undertaker just... Two months after getting an epic return yeah. at Survivor Series, gets an epic return at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine just being Miz? <laughs> just imagine just being Miz. That's what I'm saying. It's been the same amount of time they've been there. Just imagine. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah, this, this man, this entrance is awesome. So these two druids come out, and they got these huge torches, man, and then all this smoke is billowing out, and... Taker makes this absolutely phenomenal entrance, man. And it kind of plays into the theme of this Royal Rumble, which was like Hail Caesar or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, like Gladiator, yeah. sort of, I guess. Yeah, well, that being said, uh, Taker rides out on this black chariot. It's being pulled by this, like, beautiful horse, man. And it is, it reminded me of, like, 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just it was awesome, man. It was awesome. It just felt so out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. You know, I, I remember this entrance, and I remember the Survivor Series entrance, like, very vividly, both of those in my mind, and I guess I didn't piece together until we were doing this. Those were just two months apart. <laughs> it's just so funny. He has these epic oh, returns so close to each other. Yeah, it's weird, man, but, I mean, I'll take it. It's awesome, so yeah. it looks cool. It's very cinematic, and, you know, he steps off the chariot and walks partially down the aisle way through the smoke, and... Like you said, it's it's a gladiator type of a uh, uh, you know theme here, and he does the old uh, you know you got my belt you know discount double check around the belt thing, and Taz in a moment of Michael Cole you know genius is like I wonder if this means he wants Angle's title. <laughs> yep, it sure does, Taz. <laughs> yeah, Taz, where to go, buddy? Yeah, golly, man, it's just sometimes they're just so stupid, man. Uh, I just don't get it. They take me off sometimes how dumb they are. But, yeah, he signals for that. And then uh, that's, that's not all, though, because he's going to raise his hands. 
And when he does, this lightning shoots out. And uh, it's like the Emperor from uh, Star Wars. We keep talking about Star Wars on here. You have but, to. Uh, yeah, he's like Emperor Palpatine. So. <laughs> You're in well, Star Wars mode, man. It's coming out in a yeah. couple months. So, yeah. You're ready. I still haven't watched the trailer yet, so I'm not oh. going to. You're going to watch The Mandalorian, though, aren't you? I am. Yep. Starting in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, it – um. And that's not all. The the lightning is not enough. So there's this, you know, lightning is just the tip of the iceberg here. So Taker's got a little something more up his sleeve. Yep, lightning crashes, uh, new mother cries, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the ring collapses. In this case, uh, the ring posts explode, and then the ring collapses. Brock Lesnar and Big Show style with Kurt Angle yeah. sitting there, and um, it's a you know it's a cool visual. It always is whenever they pull that off. And makes Taz uh, go. What the hell's going on? <laughs> and uh, pay per view goes off the air, man. The Undertaker Kurt Angle feud has escalated really quickly here. <laughs> yeah, <It laughs> out of nowhere. Literally nothing to. I'm gonna shoot lightning at you and explode the ring <laughs> and you stand again. So, yeah. I mean, if you gotta sell a pay per view in three weeks, that's a that's one way to do it. You know what? That's a perfect statement. Yeah, if you gotta sell it, because yeah, we got three weeks of build up here. We're gonna. We're gonna do it, but man, I tell you what, watching it was awesome. But man, Taz and Cole just ruined it. Like, uh-huh. if you don't just mute it if you watch it because it is they are so stupid. Like, just all the, the is, is that what he's coming for? Is he coming for the title? Oh my goodness, we haven't seen Taker like this before. But just, just ah, they just insult your intelligence, man. It drives me crazy. So Absolutely. I try to be no subtlety, I try to be man. optimistic about them, but they are so not subtle right here, and it's annoying. Nah, just imagine if that had just played out without. Any commentary because it didn't need a yeah. word. You could just let the visuals of these two guys sell that whole thing. Exactly. So, well, that's going to take us to SmackDown on uh, pre birthday for you. So, February 3rd, 06. February 3rd, 2006. Teddy Long is going to open the show. And, you know, last week he was telling Randy Orton, you know, I'm having no part of Dante. I'm not getting in his way. If he wants to challenge right. me to hell to sell, I'm just going to let you have it. <laughs> Well, he does the same thing here, and he comes out to start the show saying he recognizes Undertaker's challenge at the Royal Rumble as an official challenge, and so there you go. he's now the number one contender to face Kurt Angle for the title of No Way Out, He loves the Undertaker. He's afraid of the Undertaker. Undertaker walks all over him. It's a healthy respect. It is. Yeah, it is. And uh, later on tonight, we're going to get a promo segment between Undertaker and Kurt Angle. Undertaker makes his full-on entrance out to the ring and calls out Angle, saying, Kurt Angle, the time is drawing near. And there's no way out. You currently possess the one thing I desire. The World Heavyweight Championship. So after oh, man, that's fun. that's the name of the pay per view. No way out. How about that? He, he's just well. Perfect. The odds of that. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> well, Kurt Angle, he wastes no time in interrupting the Undertaker. He walks right up into the ring, and you know I I like it because Angle, you know he's a vet, man. He's six years in. He's not Randy Orton. He's not. Uh, Luther Reigns, uh, he's not hiding right. He just gets right up in Undertaker's face, dude. And he's he's an equal to him, even though he's been there a third of the time Undertaker has. Yeah, 
you like it it's, you you totally buy that they're equals because yeah. they are man you, you totally respect he's Kurt that. angle because he's yeah. Kurt friggin angle so he can get away you, with that you know it took Austin as long as long as angle's been in WWE that we're talking about it took Austin that long to get to WWE isn't that crazy oh yeah yeah Austin got there in 95 and started wrestling in 89 like that's crazy yeah and then he rose to like, right in then he rose to his you know his skyrocketed but like Angle's already there. Like, no. You know, just it's insane, man. It is, man. He's had a very condensed career as compared to a lot of <laughs> other people. But anyway, uh, that's why he's so awesome, too. Uh, maybe we should have done his career as a podcast. But... We'll skip TNA like he does. <laughs> just pretend that he just took some PTO for 11 that's years. <laughs> well, they literally he... pretend like he just stopped wrestling in I know. Six, and then he just came back. He just like, went and started a family. And... He's been out of the ring for 12 years. Had an illegitimate <laughs> child named Jason Jordan, all kind of stuff. Well, so. they skipped that too. Forgot about that. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, these two guys, you know, it's a basic stare down here. Kurt Angle uh, gets in his face and says, You know, you may be the phenom, but I'm a wrestling machine. And says, Looking at us, we obviously don't have a lot in common. Except for one very crucial thing. When that bell rings, I don't have a soul either. I'm just as unrelenting and unforgiving as you are. And in no way out, I don't plan on resting in peace. I plan on breaking your ankle in pieces. And Taker just kind of stares him down. He tells Kurt Angle right back that, nope, you're going to rest in peace. And lights go out, bell tolls, and when lights come back up, the purple haze has entered the arena, smoke is bubbling up, and the Undertaker has disappeared, and Kurt Angle's just left there. So, more mind games from the dead man. Nothing special here, just kind of a basic promo between these two guys, but they're two of the best, so mm-hmm. uh, it makes you automatically want to see it, especially because... They always have great matches with each other. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I'm, I'm locked in already. That's all I need. Oh, yeah. The baby could have been the next night. I would have been sold. So, yeah. it didn't matter. You've already got exploding rings and then, you know, Angle making an, an intense, you know, he's not backing down. The Kurt Angle we covered in 2000 and 2001 was mm. a coward. Yeah. You know, he was still a wrestling machine, but not the guy he is now. But he was still, you know, a nerdy coward kind of guy. He would, you know, act goofy and rode on a. You know, a scooter and yep. stuff like that. There's none of that here. This no is super here. serious. Yeah, no joking. No, you know, rapping with John Cena or anything like that. It's just it's a straight, you know, all business guy. So and it's awesome because Taker's all business. You know, he's not joking around. Even though he does uh, drive a car and and possess Josh Matthews last week, as we talked about. It's <laughs> all out the it, window now. It's gone. Well, that takes us to February 10th, 06. Uh, SmackDown from. Strangely enough, Columbus, Georgia, really which weird. is about four hours from our house, so all the way across the state. But we could have driven four hours there and gotten there on a Tuesday and come it's back. It's not a place where they normally had TV either. No, I Columbus, know. Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, it's weird. I don't even know where that so, is. <laughs> You've never been there? <laughs> I'm sure I have. Yeah. Um, uh, I have been there before, but yeah. Um, so yeah, for some reason we didn't go, but probably because we were poor uh, poor college kids and i hadn't i was in a roommate or with a roommate in an apartment at this point so uh didn't have any money had negative money probably so. <laughs> yeah and you were not too far from moving out in with our other friend too the other apartment and you, y'all moved in later on this year i believe so yeah. anyway yeah we were poor college kids so that's why we didn't go but um massive tool josh matthews uh 
interviews Mark Henry and Davari backstage about Henry's match later on tonight against The Undertaker. And Davari's going off about being sick and tired of hearing about Kurt Angle. He's, and uh, Mark Henry says that Angle knows that he can't beat him, so he gave Taker his title shot at No Way Out. Because yeah, that was at Royal Rumble. Angle beat him, but he held the ropes to win. So he didn't get an honest win over him. But So Henry says that, you know... And the way I see it, dead man, you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And just like Batista... Tonight, I'm going to take you out. Because like you mentioned earlier, kayfabe-wise, he's the one that quote-unquote injured Batista. But um, this is Undertaker's return to the ring for the first time in four months. So that's you know, it's always a big deal, you know? Especially yeah. as more the time goes on, the less frequently he wrestles. So when he does wrestle, it's a big deal, you know? And he doesn't get in the ring with just everybody. Well, he, he did with like, you know, in oh. Three, you know, four, but uh, nowadays he doesn't. Not so much so, anymore. Yeah, not not since he's the the dead man again. He doesn't just get in the ring with everybody. But um, when he was biker taker, he, he would. Those are some of the funnest things we got to cover. But oh, anyways, yeah. yeah, he's gonna take on uh, the main event here, Taker versus Henry, and the commentary. They tell us that it's for the the uh, first time ever. Which, I mean. I, Wrecking my brain. Yeah. I can't recall covering the singles match as we, you know, got into those Raws and we've been kind of, you know, change our style and kind of break down the Raws and SmackDowns. Like, I, I can't re- recall covering that. Can you? There, no, I don't have a specific one. Like, the only yeah. time I'm thinking would be like 98 ish, like Nation of Domination mark against Undertaker yeah. on like Ms. A, Arc. a Raw or, or a Sunday Night Heat or, or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, nothing big, nothing major uh, that I could remember, and it really could be a first time, which is kind of crazy to think. You know, Mark Henry had been there for ten years at this point. Yeah, it is crazy. So, and uh, he still works for the company, which is nuts. So, but um, this match, you know what? I I didn't mind it. You know, it's designed to put Henry over as like a beast. You know, it's it's it, he is. I mean, look at him. But uh, it was kind of fun. It wasn't it, it wasn't as fun to me as the. Uh, JBL and uh, and Undertaker matches, but uh, it, w- it was a fun match. I really liked it. And Taker went out of his way to make sure that Mark Henry is getting put on a pedestal as a big-time main event player because, honestly, he hasn't really been a main event player up to this point. They're really trying to push him as that. I mean, he he struggled his first 10 years there to be a main eventer, so, which is so weird. But um, anyway... Uh, Long entrance, get to the match. It's pretty good, uh, hard hitting. But uh, we'll we'll get to Mark Henry more next week. But um, I I know neither one of us were really. I can look back now and appreciate Mark Henry, but I know I really wasn't a big fan of this, and I didn't take him seriously as a man inventor, you know. So I'm looking at it in hindsight and seeing how Taker's doing a good job. But like in 2006, as a 20 year old, I was like, dude, are you kidding me? This is sexual chocolate, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. This guy you know, impregnated May Young with a hand, you know. So like, I'm just not. I can't. I couldn't disconnect those two. You know? Yeah, same here. You know, we'll talk about it more next week. But that, yeah, that Hall of Pain run has kind of made everybody look at a lot of his stuff with rose-colored glasses. His whole yeah. career, where it's like, well, you know, that was awesome, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of it was was not so much. And uh, you know, this might go in that category. But you know, this match was not that bad. He, he no. was he was very hard hitting, like you said, and um, you know, he's not too bad here. 
Yeah, and well, Undertaker hits a choke slam on Mark Henry, which is cool. But then Davari, his you know his lackey, starts motioning to the back, and I just thought the same. Dude, you wrote your notes, and I thought the same thing, man. Like, oh golly, the terrorists are coming! Like, Davari signaling to the back. Yeah, <laughs> here comes the cavalry of terrorists coming back. So, yeah, dude, I thought they were going to bring somebody back from because I've never seen this. So, um, luckily, it's not, and it is actually uh, Eminem. So not the uh, Marshall, not Mathers? Marshall, not Marshall, no. But uh, that would have been something. That would have been something. Joey Mercury and uh, John oh, Morrison. Those guys. So, those Eminem, the real, the real Slim Shady, right? You know, if you will. <laughs> so they're my real Slim Shady. So anyway, um, they come out and interfere, and I guess there's some kind of loose association with them and Henry. I don't really know, but yeah. who cares? This is the first time and possibly the last time we're going to talk about him on this show. I don't know. So. Um, but, uh, big fan. I was a big fan of Eminem. You, you liked them? I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were really impressive and, you know. I love their entrance. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, uh, okay. I'm not, I wasn't talking about, I was talking about the, okay. the end and the end. I'm seriously, uh, <laughs> like the whole, like the Hollywood, the stylized thing and how they wore their belts around the front. I really wasn't talking about her. Okay. I honestly forgot about that. was. That. <laughs> I know you were. I got it. But Taz was. So it's uncomfortable to watch her entrances now. But um, no, man, they were really talented. A really great package. Um, I was always I was a big uh, Nitro fan since yeah. Tough Enough, man. Oh yeah, so, I guess he was John Nitro at this point, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah, and Joey but, Mercury anyway. was uh, ECW. So yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Good stuff. So anyway, they come out. Taker, of course, handles them with two bones like he does. And there's a choke slam to Davari. Then Eminem get involved. And Taker uh, gets blasted from Henry from behind. They start triple teaming him, hit Mark Henry and Eminem. And then Kurt Angle comes out to save him. And he's just handing out German suplexes to Mark Henry, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mercury, Johnny Nitro. And then Henry takes out Kurt Angle. And then Taker boots Henry out of the ring. And so the story here is that they've kind of come to each other's aid, you know. Again, you only got three weeks to build a story, so they're doing the best they can. But Taker grabs the title and uh, stares at it before he tosses it to Kurt Angle. And then, uh, lo and behold, GM Teddy Long comes out and says, next week we're going to get Mark Henry and Eminem versus The Undertaker and Kurt Angle in a handicap match. So I don't know how a babyface is booking the the faces in a handicap match that's supposed to be a good thing but you know what it's awesome and we're going to get to it in a second here so yeah and it's you know the undertaker and a tag team match play it so yeah tag exactly. along is here for it and that takes us to february 17th 2006 on smackdown this will be the go home for no way out just a quick three-week build here and uh, the other big match at No Way Out is going to be Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton facing off for the number one contendership for WrestleMania. Rey Mysterio's uh, Royal Rumble title shot is on the line here. And uh, spoiler, he goes on to lose that, but gets it back. And you know we get this three way with Angle and Mysterio and Orton at WrestleMania. But uh, do you think Randy Orton thought about the fact that if I beat Rey and Taker beats Angle, then I get Taker again? Must have been on his mind. It could have been back to back matches at uh, WrestleMania. That actually wouldn't have been too bad. I wouldn't have minded that. So. No, I wouldn't have either. Uh, it would have made sense. I think there were probably some rumors about that going on. Sure. At the time. Yeah, I wouldn't have been shocked to see that either. But uh, that kind of plays into the opening for the show where uh, Angle gets in Ray's face backstage and 
he's telling Ray to not let Orton uh, beat him tonight, and uh, he wants to face Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, and then Mark Henry interrupts them and says, Kurt Angle, you just need to worry about surviving tonight, and he's going to take them out. So, uh, again, teasing that handicap match in the main event. Uh, the best parts of this show is we get some mm. video packages on Kurt Angle and on Undertaker, just kind of hype packages going through their whole careers. Each video does. They're, they're maybe a minute and a half, two minutes long, but lots of clips from uh, each guy's career, clips mm-hmm. from the Olympics for Kurt Angle, clips from all 15 years of Undertaker. And it just, again, there's not a lot of story to this match. It's just right. two, uh, the two top guys on SmackDown, you know, yeah. arguably two of the, you know, top three or four in WWE period at that time, uh, two cornerstones of the company going up against each other, man. It's a WrestleMania quality match the month before WrestleMania. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the whole story here. Yeah. It was cool, man. The only thing those videos were missing was, uh, Creed, you know, <laughs> would have put it over the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some little Creed in the background. <laughs> like it would have been amazing. <laughs> so, mass sacrifice or something. Or a little altar bridge, I guess. A little altar bridge. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine a Miz promo video with Creed? <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing up Miz the whole night. <laughs> My sacrifice got the Miz. <laughs> Flubbered up the lines for the uh, Diva Hotline. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would actually be kind of great. I mean, he has had a pretty yeah. good career. I can see that. Man. Oh, I love the Miz. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Another legend that does get a video package on this show is the hitman, Bret Hart, because he gets yeah. announced for the Hall of Fame on this episode of SmackDown, and that was kind of pretty shocking uh, back yeah. in the time. You know, he's obviously become a lot more involved in WWE in, in the past 10 years or so, but uh, back at this time, man, I think he had had the DVD already uh, that yeah. had come out, but he was still kind of persona non grata at that point. Yeah, it was um, like literally unbelievable i could not believe that this was like working out man because every interview you heard was he just crapped on me he's so hurt from montreal and all that stuff so um yeah it was unbelievable and again it took another four years to get things completely worked out and to get him and sean on good terms and stuff like that but um i'm glad it did because oh yeah you know he just (laughs) that's where his home is man yeah you can't think of Bret hart and think of wcw (laughs) you think of you think of wwf so no, you can't tell the story of WWE without Bret Hart and, and right. having him be a part of things. And it was good to have him back. And uh, we talked about a lot of great Bret Hart matches on this show. I think before Kurt Angle, he was the one guy who really got the best out of Undertaker uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. So if you want to hear all those episodes, you can go to the archives and, and listen to those. Uh, basically, 96, 97, you'll hear a lot of Bret Hart matches during that time. So you should go check those out, folks. Those were uh, in both of our top 10 of that era had a multiple Bret Hart matches I believe in there so go revisit those if you want but uh the main event for this episode of Smackdown like we said it's uh Eminem Mercury Nitro and Miz Ark versus Undertaker and Kurt Angle and uh <laughs> dude do you remember Mark Henry's Eminem, entrance music? Deep Chocolate <laughs> Deep Chocolate <laughs> uh do, do you remember well they're, they're kind, of, kind of like a golden Oreo I guess <laughs> well, no, because they don't doesn't have black cream on the golden Oreo. Never mind. I was that was wrong. That's what I was trying to say. I know. Never mind. Uh, anyway. 
you remember Mark Henry's interest during this time? His music? Because I no, completely... I do not remember this song. I never heard this song. No. It's, it's not a 3-6 Mafia thing. It's just no. generic rock stuff. I remember Sexual Chocolate and then whatever he has, somebody going to get, the, you know, wig split. Like, I know that. Is that 3-6 Mafia that does that? Right, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I know those two. That's it. And I know the Nation of Domination. Yeah. That's it. Uh-huh. I don't, I, this whole era... Whatever it came on, I was like, "Is this fake? Like, is this overdone?" <laughs> it does. Like, it sounds like that. It's so yeah. generic. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, a Jimmy Hart creation. <laughs> well, speaking of entrances, they go about as long as this match does for all yeah. these guys. They all get entrances, including Undertaker, and uh, they do tell a fun story in this match because it's sort of Undertaker and Kurt Angle having some tension between each other. Mm-hmm. They're both trying to one up each other. Um. So, Kurt or Undertaker kind of steps in front of Kurt Angle without telling him and decides to start the match. And then Kurt Angle blind tags Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle blind tags Undertaker to get into the match. And kind of Undertaker gives him the side eye after that. And then they're both trying to one-up each other, uh, doing moves on, on Eminem and doing moves on uh, Mark Henry and all that. And uh, then, of course, tag team specialist Undertaker he makes mm-hmm. an epic hot tag, as we're used to on here. He comes in, runs wild, vintage Undertaker, as Michael Cole calls it. And man, nobody does it better than Taker, just running oh, around, really? splashing, big boots and everything. And uh, actually, Kurt Angle does end up winning the match. He makes Johnny Nitro tap out uh, to the ankle lock for the win. And Undertaker doesn't want to be shown up. He goes around, grabs Mark Henry, gives him a choke slam. Then does the throat slash, and unbelievable. He hoists Mark Henry up for yeah. a tombstone and delivers it, dude. I was, yeah. my jaw hit the floor when he did that. It was, it was not, this is, this is tale of two tombstones. Last week was the most hilarious one ever, of, like with William Regal, and this week's like <laughs> one of the most impressive ones, yes. just like as far as brute strength. Like, Mark Henry's a big dude. Like, <laughs> he just, Gets him up and uh, yeah, it was really cool. And like I feel like Kurt Angle's reaction here was legitimate. Like he wasn't acting. Like he was legitimate. Like whoa! Like, oh yeah, he just did that. You know, his jaw hits the floor too. He's just yeah. in shock at this. And Michael Cole's going crazy. Undertaker and Angle stare each other down as the show goes off the air. And Cole says the main event on SmackDown will be the greatest main event in SmackDown history. And honestly. This is one time that hyperbole I can kind of sort of get behind, dude, because these are two huge stars going at it, and you, you just don't always get to see the top two guys actually going at it. So I'm down with it. No, oh, I can. Yeah, I'm down with it. I just that's just so overused. <laughs> it, you is. Know, yeah, it is all the time. I mean, you can look back and say, what about Brock and Angle? What about Eddie and Randy? Eddie and Brock. What about you know? I don't know. You can. Edge and oh, you can go all over the place, but yeah, it's it, at this point in time, it's he's he's not wrong, he's not wrong at all. So, and it's it's the main selling point of this ma- of this pay per view, like you said. I mean, I guess the other one, like you said, is Ray and Randy, but um, I don't know, it, I, that wasn't as big as uh, <laughs> no. it didn't mean as much to me now as it did even or then. It's, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm getting tongue tied because I don't know what to say because <laughs> it's, it's not really that that match wasn't really something I was looking forward to. So I'm trying to say so. This we, one, I was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is No Way Out, February 19th, 2006, the first Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Ah, I wonder where the first Mariner was. Is that the, uh, is 
that the name of Aquaman movie? The first Mariner? Or, yes. Uh, is there a Marvel movie? Yeah. So, yeah, the, it's Marvel. the Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be on Disney Plus. Okay. Mariner. I can't wait, man. Yeah. Uh, it'll be Roman Reigns. Looks just like Jason Momoa, so Roman Reigns stars in the Submariner on Disney Plus. My wife thinks they're the same person. She can't. She, she always asks. It's like can't fault her for that. No. <laughs> I would love Jason Momoa come wrestle. Dude, that'd be sick. Dude, sign me up for Crown Jewel if Jason Momoa's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He comes in and gets a title Forget shot. Forget Tyson Fury. Yeah. I'm down. Jason Momoa and Roman Reigns want to switch careers. I'd be fine with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. I uh, love or just that tag guy, team. Tag team. I didn't even like Great. Aquaman that much, but I loved him. In, no, he's like, awesome. In it. Like, yeah. I thought the movie was stupid, but like, every time he was on screen, I was like, this guy's awesome. He's perfect. I like it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> i'm not gonna watch his uh apple tv show though that looks terrible oh no one else is either because they're blind so <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> uh anyway uh even a blind guy could see this match is going to be great tonight and uh we uh you and i have both seen this match i don't i've never seen this pay-per-view but no i must have sought this match out like WB 24-7 or, uh, or some sort of DVD or something. I know I've seen Napster. this match because it was a classic. Yep. Uh, YouTube, whatever. But I uh, had not ever seen this show. I don't think you had either. No. And speaking of YouTube, let's just put this into perspective. YouTube's only like a year old at yeah, this point. Yeah, this was the, like in the, history. Dawn, the yeah. dawn of YouTube, man. So this is, yeah, I mean, I remember our friend, I remember, actually our friend being you told me about it. You <laughs> told me what YouTube. I was thinking Deke told, told me about Facebook. Yeah, which is the same year, like 2005. He told me about Facebook because he had it at Georgia Tech. And you told me about YouTube, and I was like, that's stupid. Like, who wants to watch videos? Like, oh, like, no way, I got man. the U-Bombs world, man. I got U-Bombs world. <laughs> what do I need YouTube for? And then, like, it was just – but back then, the videos couldn't be more than, like, certain amount of oh, time. that's you know, right. So. Yeah, it could only it be, like, was, like 10 a time minutes. Limit. Yeah, something like Yeah, that. you couldn't do anything more than that. So it was kind of like you couldn't watch a full match or anything like that. You know, you had to watch the you know, splice video of it. So You'd watch like but anyway, the best 100 moves of CM Punk yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, summer of punk in like 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a whole summer of CM Punk. And, but uh, yeah, but, and I did. That's, that's what I did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but yeah, just put in content. I mean, this is you know iPhones aren't even out yet, you know? Like it's crazy yeah. to think about, you know, but YouTube is there and it's in the, it's in its baby embryonic stages, but uh yeah, so out, somehow we saw this match. I don't know if it was YouTube or what, but I've seen it and I've you know, there's matches and they've ranked the top of my top 10 list the last two times, but you know, it's certain eras like Hell in a Cell with Sean is one I think about when I think of that era and Hell in a Cell with Brock is when I think about that era of of Taker's career. When I think about this, you know, when he comes back, and, you know, aside from his first match back as Kane, because we were with, with Kane, because we were there at WrestleMania 20, this is the next match I think of as like a pillar of, you know, uh, just to put a timestamp on like you know this era of his of his career. Like this is the match I think of next. Um, I don't know about you, but that's just how like my mind just thinks of this match. And I can't. I'm trying to think of what will be next after this. Probably him and Sean at Rania, right. you know, but um, or him winning the Rumble or something. But anyway, I don't know. Just. This is what I think of when I think of you know this era is this one match it just defines this era for me so I'm really excited to get into it here and break it down and talk about it so it's great stuff. Absolutely, I I feel like maybe it's just me but like hardcore fans or especially hardcore Taker fans they talk about this match a lot but it's almost slept on a little bit. Um, sure. Because yeah, everyone thinks of Undertaker, uh, Shawn Michaels, the WrestleMania mm -hmm. matches and. 
I mean, I think of the Batista matches too as being mm-hmm. like great yeah. wrestling matches as well. You're but, right. Uh, but this one, you know, everyone who knows it knows it and loves it, but it kind of doesn't get the love that it deserves. But um, I agree. We'll try. To maybe it's because it. it's not WrestleMania or it's not yeah, Hell in a Cell, it. a big gimmick. Just a it's not no a way gimmick. Out random yeah. February pay per view. That that's a huge yeah. part of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, like you said, first Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Jimmy famous seafood. I wonder if it was around back then. So, I'm sure anyway. Jimmy was in the crowd. <laughs> Probably. Um, we got an opening package of focusing on Ray and Ray and Randy, both the number one contendership, and then it switches to Taker and Angle. And um, like I mentioned earlier, I just you know wonder if the seeds were planted there for potential Randy versus Undertaker match at Mania would have been kind of cool, but. Uh, Taz and Michael Cole come out on commentary or on commentary for us as they have been for every SmackDown pay per view. Um, we, do we ever get a change of scenery until 2008 when Not JR for a gets while. drafted? No. So, all right. Well, Batista actually returns from his injury and addresses the crowd this night. So, I guess Baltimore's not too far away from DC. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm not. I'm not a atlas but <laughs> i'm not mistaken he uh that's that, right. you know yeah. it kind of it's not hometown but it's not too far away from there so but anyway and then we get a, a little package between um orton and kurt angle backstage just talking about um you know it's kind of setting things up for the future uh between yeah. those two guys and uh, another video package of uh, this this build up, Kurt Angle jumping over to SmackDown, all that good stuff, all the typical stuff here. Before Kurt Angle comes out first, and uh, speaking of weird oh. music, yeah, I hate this music. <laughs> I hate that. I hated it. I couldn't stand it, man. And because it, it still has the like you suck, because it's, it's not like they remixed it where you can't say you suck. They right. just like. Nakamura's music now. Once they turn heel, they remix it so you can't sing the, you can't sing with it. It's got somebody sing on top of it. That was purposeful. This was the purpose of remixing the intro to this song. I hate it. Pointless. I, I'm, I'm still like bitter about it. I'm like getting fired up right now. I shouldn't be. It's really late at night. I should be. <laughs> but I hate it, man. I couldn't stand it. You are jumping on the couch right now. It's just like... I am Tom Cruise style. Yeah. <laughs> Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it works for Angle, man. He gets psyched up. He's out here, mouthpiece in his mouth. He's chewing on that, getting ready for Undertaker to arrive. And he's calm, cool, and collected. Again, man, it's, it's just so refreshing mm-hmm. to see uh, somebody in there that's confident, that knows what he's doing. We, we've seen so much over the past couple of years of these young guys, these kids that Taker's trying to to show the ropes and trying to put over a little bit, but it is so refreshing to see a guy who just carries himself with that presence, who not afraid of the Undertaker. He's been in there with him before. He's seen all this. Uh, he's not going to back down from him, and it's very noticeable and angle as Undertaker makes his entrance. And uh, we've talked about really cool entrances he's had at all these different unique pay-per-view sets, and he gets another one here at No Way Out. Yeah, it's pretty unique. You know, he, we get this. Uh, we see him from behind and like from the side, and kind of like a silhouette, almost in the shadows, as the smoke kind of rises up around him before he makes his entrance. And I just, man, I just was like, the presence, the presence he has, man. I don't know. The more, the more we watch, the more we see it. The more, and I don't know. The more it's just like it's amazing to me. And I remember touching on this way early on in his in this podcast when we talked about the different changes in his entrance and how his was always had so much 
production with it and like just he's the only guy that gets this on the show like even a tribute to the troops he gets it, you know like mm-hmm. it's just insane like it's just i don't know i just i really liked this entrance and just shows i mean, i don't know i just wrote my notes that literally no other wrestler has the presence ever not even andre not even andre wasn't presented this way I don't. I, I'm. I mean, Bruno wasn't presented this no, way. And this, not, no, not to this. I know it's a different era, but like, no one is no. presented the way that I it. I can't get over it. It's just insane. So, anyway. Yeah, it's really neat to see it at all these different pay per views. How they incorporate the set and you know these camera. Yeah. The production value is just incredible. Top-notch. Always is here uh, as Taker comes in and uh, the announcers actually. Kind of lay low for a little bit for Taker making his yeah. entrance, which is a nice change of pace. Uh, and but you know, actually, thought Cole and Taz were, were pretty good here for this match. You know, we, we give them a lot of crap, but uh, they can be really good here when when they get into serious call in the action mode. Yeah, Cole runs down Undertaker and Kurt Angle's different attributes again, just hyping this up as two uh, future Hall of Famers uh, going up against each other. Yeah, you know, they run down their attributes. And then Nick Patrick's the referee, which, again, he's – is Earl Hebner gone? Or this for Brian Hebner? He must, he disappeared off of our screens. I haven't seen him in a year, it seems like. I have seen him. We, saw, yeah. Him, we yeah. saw him a lot, but now it's been Nick Patrick, Nick Patrick, Nick Patrick. So, I don't know. But, anyway, he holds the belt up, and Cole says it's the biggest championship match he's seen ever. So, but, uh, well, again, that's hyperbole. It is, at this point in, in time for the for the show, it is for you SmackDown today. Yeah. yeah. But um, one thing I liked, man, is the, the bell rings, and then Taker just immediately goes for a big boot on Angle. Oh, like, yeah. just immediately trying to snatch it. Because, man, again, this whole started, the whole thing started with, I want that title. You know, that's all it was. That's it. And so he's going for it, you know. Uh, I mean, you like to point out how he's notorious for going for the early pinfalls, you know, and this is, he's trying to get the win. He makes it seem like a legitimate sport, you know, even though he's a dead guy riding out on a horse, like he's, he's one of the ones that makes it seem like a legitimate sport. Exactly. A paradox. I don't understand. (laughs) That's a great point. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, but he's the more, most realistic in the ring out of everybody. And that's why Um, he's so awesome. The biggest, most over the top (laughs) character is also one of the most serious, believable people. That's why that's because he's so good at it. Yeah. No one else is like that. (laughs) No. Well, and this is just, you know, we're just going to gush over this for the next 20 minutes or so, folks. Yeah. So, uh, sorry about that, but it's, it's just great here. Every every piece of this is awesome. As they struggle for position, kind of in the middle, just a little bit of uh, chain wrestling, sort of, and uh, Angle rolls to the outside and reevaluates things and uh, kind of taking it slow at first. And Cole and Taz make an interesting point on commentary, another one that I don't think I can refute. Uh, maybe our creatures right. of the night can tell us if we're wrong, but... They say that both of these guys are well-versed in submissions, which we both know, and that neither one of these men have ever tapped out, which is one of those things where you're like, what? No way. And then you start to think about it, and you're like, I think that's right. See, I I feel like I don't have concrete evidence, but I feel like he t- Angle tapped out to Benoit when they would feud. And like, uh, There was – at WrestleMania, like he tapped out – after the bell or something yeah. like that you know it was like a photo finish or something like yeah. that one of their matches and that was like part of the story they had line. submission match too i feel like i don't know i just felt but again i 
I maybe maybe a Mandela effect type thing. I don't right. know. Maybe remembering it because I want to remember that. You know, I want Michael Cole to be wrong. But you know, yeah, I just wrote my notes. Like, what? Like, I don't. Is that true or not? I don't know. Like, I wasn't. I'm not trying to refute him. But uh, yeah, if so, even cooler. It's, I know Cena has never tapped out. Well, no, I think he has, hasn't he? To Angle back in his early has. days. Yeah. yeah, but as far as kayfabe wise, they say he's never had. But, but most just, people don't remember that. But just think about how protected both those guys are. Like even if it's right. not true, even if, even if they had once or twice. Yeah. You, you, you can't remember it because it exactly. happens so Perfect. rarely yeah. and so infrequently. You know, they've protected them enough that you could believe. Oh yeah, they've never tapped out. It's like when when they said Andre had never been beaten. You know, right. He was beaten so rarely that you could believe oh, yeah, he was never, that yeah. he'd never been beaten. <laughs> and that just, you know, that just doesn't exist anymore, you know? No. You know, like you said, maybe John Cena a little bit. But, you know, it's so 50-50 nowadays that – and, and there's – everybody taps out, you know? I, can only, I don't think Roman Reigns has ever tapped out as far as I know. And, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, that's seriously, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, these guys are so protected. And um, well, they're gonna get back into the, you know getting back to the match. Here. They're gonna lock up and Taker gets, gets him in a side headlock and it's a shoulder block. And then Taker goes for the cover immediately. I just and I just wrote my notes like I love it. Like he's just immediately going for the the pin again, making it seem real and Always. starts wor- working over the shoulder and slamming the angle's arm to the turnbuckle. And then he does that awesome thing that he used. I guess he's the iconic one I remember is him in Triple H at WrestleMania X7 where he lifts him up by the one arm. We just talked about how awesome Triple H would do that move with him. But um, he does that to Angle here, which we haven't seen that in a, in a minute, have we? I don't know if he's done it during since he's been the dead man. Uh, he did a lot during the ABA days, but yeah. hasn't done it so much as the dead man. So it was cool to see him bust that out again. Yeah. But then uh, Angle kind of rolls down out of it, gets Undertaker into an arm scissors and, and like a key lock submission uh so they're kind of going back and forth here taker goes up top for old school but a little too early angle punches him down but then uh undertaker kind of takes over uh flips kurt angle over goes up top for old school again and uh connects this time yeah <laughs> it's on the second time so um oh, that's cool because yeah. <laughs> at this point there's a let's go taker and let's go angle chance yeah. and, and which is cool you don't often hear that when takers in the ring you know you don't often hear Somebody else gets as many pops as he does, you know. So it was really, really neat. So, and um, Angle gets up from that old school, runs right into the Taker, and right into a PTO, you know, for another <laughs> two count. So, T- Taker's hitting his offense here early. He's going through like the moves of doom real quick. Hits snake eyes, uh, but Angle moves out of the way of the big boot this time. And you know, we've seen that spot so many times. Yeah, where that that's kind of where the the. Uh, Undertaker's opponent takes over. Undertaker kind of crotches himself in the corner. Uh, and a nice little touch here. Undertaker catches himself before he hits the ropes. Um, but, unfortunately, Kurt Angle scouting him and snatches him for a German suplex from behind for two count. Yeah, he, he does homework there. And um, Taker backs into the corner, and like he's like sitting down on his butt, and he's kind of sitting against the bottom turnbuckle. And then, at this point, Kurt Angle is just taking the boots to him and choking him with his foot, and shouldering him in the midsection and again he's he's not a he's not cheating like a heel he's just vicious you yes. know it's just it's a viciousness uh like 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 stone cold sometimes you know like he would kick you and choke you and but even as a as a as a baby face and that's what kurt angle's doing here because he's kind of that tweener more toward a baby face at this point but and you bought it you weren't like you didn't want to boo him when he's choking taker you're just like oh man this guy's vicious you know so i like that 
I did too. Uh, and you know, it's it, it's enough heelishness that you know it's it, this doesn't feel like your typical babyface babyface matchup, right. which can kind of lack sometimes. But mm-hmm. there's enough you know enough intensity that you can get into it here. And uh, Kurt Angle, he's doing that, but Taker flips him around into the corner, comes storming in with a big high knee, and flips Angle into the other corner, and this is where we get that typical spot where <laughs> uh, Angle moves, Taker crouches himself, and Angle bumps Taker down off the apron, and they start working around on the outside. And uh, Cole and Taz on commentary, uh, like I said, they're kind of on point here, and they're talking about how both guys have main evented WrestleMania in the past, that they know mm-hmm. about the importance of it. Uh, but then Taz says something kind of weird. Oh, this is where Taz says it. Taker told the other day. told me, I don't know, about three years ago, that Kurt Angle might be the best ever he's ever seen, and he's looking to beat him. So it's just weird that, like, why would you point it out that Taker told you that three years ago, and every time he wrestled him, he owned a Kurt Angle back then. <laughs> like, it's like I'm looking to beat him because I think he's the best. But he owned him three years ago. Yeah, every time much. they were together. So. I don't know. It was pretty stupid. But yeah, other than that, I do want to give them props because they were really on point with this. Again, like you said, when they have something to talk about, it's it's intensity in the ring. It's just great. And you can tell that um, they bit on every little piece of story that's being told in this match. I really liked it. So One piece of story that I loved is that both guys yeah. keep breaking the count. And they're very intentional about it, which we've made a point of saying on here we love when the rules rules are followed and nick patrick he's making his count every time and the announcers everyone has made a big point to say this is not no dq this is not no count out which a lot of main events just end up turning into that (laughs) half the time even if it's not supposed to be but they've made a big point of saying that and so both these guys are making a good point to break the count uh, because they want this match to continue they want uh, Undertaker wants to win the world title, and we're going to see from Kurt Angle, he wants to win things the right way as well. Yeah, and my only nitpick about that is I, there's a time or two where it would be like a seven count, and then Angle would roll in the ring and then stand up, and the ref is supposed to keep counting until Angle rolls back out, but he would stop counting. Like That's not how a 10 count works. You're supposed to – I mean, we've all played the video games. You beat your opponent <laughs> on the outside, you slide in at nine, and you win the match, right? right. The ref doesn't stop counting. You know, so that's my only nitpick with Nick Patrick. But other than that, I mean, that's just being super nitpicky. But other than that, the story being told, like you said, of them wanting to win this and breaking the count to prolong the match, to prolong the beating they're giving their opponent, is so it's so NWA to me. Like it's so mm-hmm. old school. It's it's Flair Steamboat uh, stuff to me. It was awesome. I love that. But so yeah, on the outside, uh, there's an apron leg drop by Taker. Back in the ring, two count. He signals for the choke slam, goozles Angle, but Angle just kicks the knee repeatedly. Which again, something like, why don't more people just do that? Just kick him in the knee, <laughs> like, right. just kick him. You know, and uh, Taker gets a right hand. Angle ducks a clothesline, then chop blocks that knee of Taker. So he's going to take his his uh, methodology down and start chopping down the legs that chopping that tree down. You know, kind of like Bret Hart used to do in these their matches together. Speaking of Bret Hart. <laughs> Kurt Angle goes out and wraps Undertaker's leg around the ring apron for the old ring post figure four, which always gets a pop out of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Undertaker's really selling that leg as Kurt Angle just continues to work it over, which is exactly what you need to do with The Undertaker. 
but then, man, Cardigo goes in the ring, goes for a pin, and only gets a one count. A nice yeah. one count in the middle of a match. Man, I, I'm just loving every piece of this match. I know. They're, they're just busting out just awesome stuff. Uh, all the stuff that gets me here. Uh, only thing I needed that I didn't see was somebody going, getting a two count, and then going for an immediate pin. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. my other favorite. Ric Flair, yeah. There was none exactly. of that here. No, but yeah, it's great, man. It's because nobody's the heel. That's a heel move, you know. So yeah, you're right. That's good. But uh, angle pounding that knee, laying in the punches, and uh, he just reminded me of a pit bull, man. Just like on mm. top of Taker, you know, just really on top of him. And uh, the only guy that can do that nowadays is AJ Styles. You know, honestly, they can have that intensity like this, which is sad because people used to have it in spades. But anyway, he's wearing that knee out, goes for an uppercut, and Taker grabs Kurt's singlet. And just in a moment of like, I guess you could call it desperation, just grabs his singlet and just throws him through the ropes to the outside. Um, which again, it tells that story. He's being beaten up on his leg. He needs a he needs a second to recoup. So he just desperately throws Kurt Angle out of the ring. So I loved it, man. It was awesome. And Angle takes it like a champion. He does, dude. And uh, Undertaker, unfortunately, he's he's not thinking straight here. He, he's right. got a hurt leg, <laughs> but he still wants to hit his apron leg drop here. And he's kind of stumbling as he's going through it and allows Kurt Angle a chance to move out of the way. And Kurt Angle actually turns it into an ankle lock on the apron. Yeah. The Undertaker sitting on the apron. Just another inventive, creative, cool spot here. Uh, and then it kind of gets a little confusing for me as I was watching it back because Kurt Angle goes in and breaks the count at nine. Uh, and it's like, as you're watching it, you're like, well, why doesn't he just want to win the match? Here he he goes back outside to go beat on Undertaker when he could have won by counting right. out here, um, and we're gonna we're gonna find out why as as we go on later on into the match. But it's a little confusing at first. It, it was kind of hurting my uh, psychology, the enjoyment of the match because it didn't make any sense. But uh, we'll find out why here. Oh yeah, it, it yeah, it's so funny. They're just planting these seeds in, to make it all make sense. They make you doubt and think he's an idiot, but it all makes sense in just a second here. Yeah, he heads back out, gets another ankle lock in for a nine count, rolls there and breaks the count. And again, you're just kind of like, win the freaking match, dude! Like you, you can win it right here. But then he tosses Undertaker in the ring. Now works the knee over again, which again you're kind of like, well, why don't you just lock the ankle lock in right now <laughs> and win the match? But instead, he kind of gets this weird. Like it's kind of an ankle lock, but Undertaker's on his his back instead. He's kind of standing up. Uh, yeah, Undertaker's on his back, like laying prone, facing up, and take and Angle's got him in like a reverse ankle lock. I don't know how it's it's weird, but still working that ankle basically. Kurt Angle again using some MMA stuff here, as we see in this match. A lot of submissions, and Kurt Angle goes into like the MMA, goes on the mount, ground and pound type stuff. Uh, UFC style, but Taker reverses that into a triangle choke here, and kind of unfortunate. Still not really over with the crowd. They kind of get right. confused by it. They don't always can't always tell what he's doing here. It's a weird submission for a wrestling match, uh, and they don't really react to it. But Kurt Angle ends up rolling out of the ring, and Taz notes that uh, again he's on point here. That triangle choke probably hurt the Undertaker's leg just as much as it hurt Kurt Angle. So. Uh, Undertaker sacrificing his own body here to win the match, and it could end up costing him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, Undertaker's on the outside with Angle, and he kind of chases Angle around there and tosses him in the, in the Tony Chimble, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> and, uh, 
<laughs> so I love when Tony Kimball gets involved in a in a match. But they're both on the outside again, like I said. And Taker throws them, in, like I said, in Tom Kier's table, and Tony Kimball's over there. And then uh, he um, starts punching, punching Angle, and then he starts getting the announce table ready for deletion. You know, taking the the uh, monitors out of it and everything. And it's in a it's kind of funny because what happens next you don't see coming because Angle's kind of leaning like like head first over the Spanish announce table and as Taker goes over to get him to put him through the regular announce table Angle just picks him up and hits an Olympic slam through the Spanish announce table yeah. on him it was awesome man he didn't take the uh, monitors out he just did it you know that's why you didn't expect it you didn't they didn't forecast it exactly you know? exactly it was unexpected is out of nowhere and it was a great spot there and uh, you would think again all right, Angle's going to try to get the count-out victory here. Uh, Undertaker's out cold. He could just roll in and be done with this. And Angle does go back inside, and, you know, your Undertaker's getting up, but he's real slow, and you're, you're sitting there waiting, saying, like, oh, he's just going to hop up real fast at 9 and roll into the ring really quick. Right. But it's like, uh, he's I don't see how he's going to be able to do it. He really might get counted out here, and Nick Patrick gets to 9, and Kurt Angle just stops him from making yeah. that 10 count and yells at him and says, don't bleep and do it. Uh, I want to beat him one, two, three, not with this bull bleep. Uh, and you can hear him saying all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, that finally makes it all click. It makes it all make sense. You're seeing that yep. competitiveness at a Kurt Angle. He doesn't want a cheap victory over the Undertaker. He knows what this match means. He wants to be- make him tap or he wants to get that pin on him. And uh, it's just another awesome story adding to the piece of this match yeah he didn't mind holding the ropes back at Royal Rumble to beat Mark Henry but with Undertaker he wants to beat him legitimately you know so I love that so he heads back outside and gets Taker up and hits some uppercuts and some big shots on him and then Taker reverses an Irish whip and that's going to send Kurt Angle crashing into the steel steps on the outside and Undertaker rolls him back into the ring and then he's going to go up to the top rope in a moment that you you know we don't often see, you know too much. Uh, he's going to go up to the top and Angle gets up and you kind of think oh this is the spot from the Kane WrestleMania X8 match where he gets up and he runs and throws him off. Well he tries that and then Taker kind of punches him off and goes to stand. So they, they tease you with that. You think it's coming and it doesn't. But then he actually does it the second time, which is kind of funny because <laughs> it's just I, I really like the way that. You thought you knew what was happening. It didn't happen, but then they did it anyway, which it, I don't know, it made it more uh, inventive to me. I really liked that. It wasn't just uh, cookie cutter. So he does it, and those take her off with an ugly belly-to-belly, but um, it looked like it hurt painfully when Taker landed. So, And he gets a close two count off of that, yeah. too. Uh, they get up. Angle runs into a big boot from Undertaker out of that. He gets a two count off of that. And then... This is basically just a long finishing sequence here. Yeah. A lot of near falls and reversals and awesome stuff here in these final few minutes as Taker signals for the choke slam, but Kurt Angle rolls through into the ankle lock. Undertaker tries to roll out of it, but Angle holds on to it. Undertaker reverses into the triangle choke out of that. Kurt Angle rolls out into another ankle lock. Undertaker rolls through that, flips Angle out, and then just like the crowd is into it. You're on the edge of your seat into it. Oh, reversal, yeah. reversal, reversal. All this awesome stuff's happening. It's awesome. And then, yeah, after that last reversal, Taker actually gets up and choke slams Kurt Angle. But because of the pain he's been through his leg, you know, he, he kind of collapses and he can't get over there 
to cover him fast enough. So when he does finally cover him, Angle kicks out. You know, so just that little hesitation in there just makes, it just tells the story so much better. You know, and rather than just choke slam and going for a pin, like that little, that little bit of selling made it made the kick out seem more realistic. You know, and I just love that. And um, then he he's gonna just say, well, that didn't put him out. I'm gonna raise my fist for the little the old last ride and give a taunt to the crowd and they pop for that. Kicks Angle in the midsection, goes to hit that powerbomb, and Kurt Angle rolls through it, locks in the ankle lock again. Undertaker's struggling to get to the ropes, but Kurt Angle drags him back to the middle of the ring. And somehow Undertaker powers out of it, but Angle's on him like white on rice, hits the angle slam, and somehow Undertaker kicks out at two. Yeah, kicks out at the last second. Again, that's a pretty protected finisher mm-hmm. uh, up to this point as well. I think only maybe... Maybe The Rock, Austin, and Brock Lesnar kicked out of that. You know, like not many people. But um, maybe take her back in the day. But anyway, uh, Angle then, you know, he's going to get serious. He starts screaming and pulls the straps down. Again, this is the wrestling machine angle where he's just going berserk. And um, at the same time he's doing that, Taker sits up. And I really like that. It kind of both got that other shot of adrenaline, you know, at the same time. And they start trading blows in the middle of the ring. Taker goes for a tombstone. And Angle flips backwards into one of his own he's going to hold taker up and then taker flips back into one of his own where he's got angle up and then angle is going to reverse it again into an ankle lock and this time he does uh the super serious ankle lock the super super sane ankle lock where he lays down and kind of laces his legs around it and really cranks it in undertaker he's never tapped before but he's he's thinking about it right now he's holding that hand up in the air but he decides he's going to try to power out. He rolls back around, starts booting Angle in the face, and, and is able to break the grip. And Both guys are selling big time here. Uh, Undertaker gets up first, and Angle pops up from behind him, though, and hits another Angle slam, but Undertaker gets a triangle choke, man. It's just back and forth, back and forth, everything here. Uh, Angle's trying to get out of that triangle choke, and uh, looks like he's about to pass out. Uh, and then he starts to come back to life. He he starts thinking about tapping again, and then he starts to pass out again as Nick Patrick starts checking his arm. Yeah, Nick Patrick's going to raise the arm and falls one time, raise the arm again, falls a second time, and raise the arm again the third time. It does not fall though. You know, he got the big pop. You know, the crowd's excited because this match is still going. And then Angle, like he's still in the triangle choke, but he flips over Taker, kind of like a jackknife pin almost. And the ref counts one, two, three as Taker's shoulders are pinned in the mat while Kurt Angle's still in the triangle choke. And um, Kurt Angle defeats Undertaker at almost 30 minutes here. It's 29 half minutes, basically. And uh, But we don't really know that at the time. Like He counts the one, two, three, and Taker gets up. He kind of thinks that he's won the match, thinks Angle tapped out, I guess. And a uh, little bit of confusion here. Yeah, the announcers are divided. They don't know if... Angle got the pin. Did Angle tap out? Did Angle pass out? Undertaker definitely thinks he won. He's raising his hand in the air, and Angle's on his back. He's just he's yeah. laying down on the mat. And Nick Patrick goes out. He grabs the World Heavyweight Championship and gives it to Kurt Angle. And he gets announced as the champion, and the Undertaker is pissed off about it. And that's what makes it a great finish because yeah. Kurt Angle gets the win, but he's sitting there laying out on the mat. Undertaker is standing up victorious, and that protects both guys. You know, yep. Kurt Angle got the win, but it looks like Undertaker, you know, he was the true victor because he's still standing tall out of this. He doesn't lose a thing out of it. 
it leaves some confusion in your mind. It sets you up for another match later on, which unfortunately we don't really get on pay-per-view. Like I said, we'll get one on SmackDown, but man, you could have drawn a lot more money uh, uh, out of this match with a finish like that. Oh yeah, you could definitely could have. And <laughs> a funny moment though, in all of this kind of seriousness, a funny moment is Nick Patrick says sorry to take her. <laughs> he's kind of runs away in a hurry. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> he's kind of runs away. So it was great. But well, um, Taker's going to go over to Angle and help him up, like pretty viciously, and kind of shoves him back into the turnbuckle. And he gets in Kurt Angle's face and he says, "You know, I'm not done with you yet." You may have won, but I've got your number, and I ain't done with you yet. So they kind of stare at each other. So, you know, like you said, unfortunately, he was done with him. You know, we had a SmackDown match, but, you know, we never got more of this. Um, and I wouldn't want to see it today. I wouldn't want to see a, a Crown Jewel match with them. You know, they always put these yeah. part-timers in. Match. I don't I don't want to want to see it. This is, what, this is the last one I want to remember is these two going out on top like this. It's just, just great, man, and I just – what a classic, man. Just so refreshing to see something this good, too. It's been a while since I've seen something this good on here. Yeah, it is, man. And, you know, like we said, Kurt Angle has provided some of The Undertaker's absolute best matches, mm-hmm. some great TV matches on here that we talked about uh, through the years, but some just awesome pay-per-view matches, that Survivor Series 2000 match. Yep. And um, there's another one, right? What am I forgetting? Fully loaded 2000 was right, their first. That, was like, uh, that wasn't great. That what, they didn't uh, was this Vengeance 03 or something like that? Yeah, or Vengeance, Triple Threat. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Or Vengeance 02. 02, maybe. Yeah, with The Rock. With Rock The Rock. And yeah. And Undertaker. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah. Because 03 Rock would have been gone by that point. Yeah. One of Undertaker's absolute best opponents here. Uh, so sadly, yeah. the last time we'll cover them on here. But folks, if you've never seen this one, I mean, what are you doing? If you're listening to an Undertaker match and you've never seen this one, <laughs> it's not a spoiler to say this one will surely be in our top 10 for this era. And you could make a case it could be a top 10 all-time Undertaker match and you wouldn't get any argument from us. So No. Uh, absolutely drop what you're doing go watch this from no way out 2006 you don't need to watch any of the build up to it just nope. watch the little video package and watch his little comeback at royal rumble that's pretty awesome oh yeah uh, but for sure watch this match if you don't do anything else watch it anything what's well, better than anything you'll see <laughs> on any of the 19 pro wrestling tv shows on tv this week i guarantee you <laughs> yeah there's 41 hours of wrestling on tv this week but go watch this instead and you It'll need, take you half an hour. You need to keep this flavor in your mouth for the next few weeks of this podcast. Whew, it's, it's never going to taste as good as it tastes <laughs> like this for, for a while here, folks. As we keep this hearse rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride next week. Uh, and we continue through the WrestleMania streak. It's always fun to, to get back to that, get back to WrestleMania. And we'll talk about... The only WrestleMania casket match in The Undertaker's history as he goes Crazy. up. Yeah. Against the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And uh, like we said, we'll examine him at his point in his career, 10 years into his career in 2006, and where he had been up to that point, uh, where he would go in the future, all that good stuff. We'll talk about that. So if you want to jump ahead and watch some of that stuff so you'll know what we're talking about, join us here next week on the pod. 
Uh, and we love hearing your feedback on all that stuff. So hit us up on social media at Talking Taker on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Had a couple of you guys comment on this match as well. Uh, Keegan Dimitrijevic uh, at Keegan Spectator. We've heard from him quite a bit. I mean, put it simply, what a match that was. Uh, exactly. There you go. And uh, at Scallywag History. How about that mm, Twitter handle, love Travis? It. Love it. Said this is his favorite Undertaker match and probably in his top three Ooh. Kurt Angle matches too. Ooh. That's, that's bold. I like it. I cannot disagree with that. I can't argue it, man. It, it, no. it has everything, dude. Uh, just perfectly laid out. Five-star match here. Uh, and a couple follow-up things from last week's show. Uh, talking about that Randy Orton match. Uh, Travis, you are always asking for people who were there at the show. Uh, we yeah. had somebody on our Instagram. I'm talking to your Instagram. Uh, say they were at the show. That's crazy. They were at the Survivor Series. They were at the Survivor Series show. They did not contract Hep C, though, right? No, there was no no Bob Orton blood on that show. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's a scary thing to have at your Halloween party. Some Bob Orton blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, this could have been a Hart family member. This was Erica Nyhart. Oh, not Nyhart. Erica Nyhart. No D in there. Oh. Um, said she was at Survivor Series 2005 and said she was up high and could see behind the entrance so she could see that casket coming out before Taker even came out on the stage. Uh, get a little fire emoji on there. So, nice. pretty neat. That's cool. That'd be a cool well, one to see live. Thanks, Natty Nightheart, for telling us that you were there. That's awesome. In all seriousness, we hadn't heard somebody that was actually on site in a while, so thanks for chiming in there. That's really neat. We did a little. Get some good seats. <laughs> you know, it's all good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we uh, did a little informal poll on our Instagram as well about the Undertaker's short-lived beard during the uh, December mm. 2005, and man, got a lot of love for the beard over yeah. the goatee during that time. Everybody said they uh, wished he'd uh, kept with that a little bit longer. I'd love to see him bust that out again. So, Taker, if you're listening, man, grow that beard out, dude. The beard is in right now. Yeah, absolutely. You fit in with, uh, you know, most millennials and Gen Xers right now. They got rocking a beard. So, yeah. And if yeah. you're listening, come on. Come and join us. the podcast. Uh, also, at St. Ridley, we've heard from uh, him quite mm-hmm. a bit on the show, said uh, he was more positive than us on the Undertaker happenings in last week's episode. Uh, said, you know, if Taker can put those things in Randy's head, why couldn't you just put those things into the viewer's head as well? So looking at it from that sort of perspective I could kind of get get behind okay. that I guess it wasn't quite Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan level bad but uh, uh, can't totally get on board with it it was like Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan B <laughs> if that was A it was it was one B <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah I get it I mean I know it's a, it's just uh, it's like even as a kid you know when you're watching uh, Crocodile Hunter I was watching Crocodile Hunter when I was a kid you know and like You'd be like, oh, Crocky, look at this snake. And then, like, the camera would be behind the snake already. Mm-hmm. Like, even then, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. at eight years old or ten years old, I was like, dude, there's no way you just found this snake. The camera guy was already there. He's a better card owner than you are. Or, like, Bear Grylls, you know, <laughs> like, Survivor Man or whatever. They, like, members, well, like, the camera guy's already always, like, at the destination. And then you see Bear Grylls walking up to it. Like, it's not real. Like, and right. that stuff, take, that takes me out. Maybe I overthink it, but, like, 
So I had that same mentality when I watched wrestling. So when I see The Undertaker making Josh Matthews possessed and making you know Randy Orton see reflections in the mirror that aren't there, like I, I don't know. I just feel that same way. Like when Braun Strowman turns over a car and we get 41 different camera <laughs> angles of it. Oh, God. Or that. when Eric Rowan slams a car into, into Rowan Reigns and you see the camera yeah. from inside the car. I, I'm taken away. I, you, you lost me. So I'm anyway, there's my, my rant. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> and as uh, our friend Mike Prue from the Bottom Line cast pointed out to us, I mean, Freddy Krueger did it first. So, <laughs> that's who we have it's to true. blame for all this not even warrior and hogan but uh and last but not least man we've gotten a little uh, debate with randy turco on on the twitter about whether or not you are allowed to wear a band's t-shirt to the band's concert and uh travis i know you have thoughts on that uh well i my thoughts have probably changed i don't know like it's some part of me thinks that you can't you know like you definitely can't wear that band stuff is t-shirt like if i go see pearl jam i don't wear a pearl jam shirt so like a mark but then like i always wear a pearl jam shirt to a pearl jam concert or like need to breathe i always wear their shirt to their concert so wait you I don't think know. you're your mark if you do it and then you do it anyway yeah absolutely <laughs> come on man yeah I, that's what i'm saying as a kid like, i think i, I thought it, but, like as i'm older now i'm just like who cares i'll wear it too like as a kid i was like no you can't do it. you're dope you, know, you gotta wear like a you know, if I'm going to a program concert, I gotta wear like a Hootie and Blowfish t shirt there, you know, like, so I don't fit in, you know? So, but then, like. That, you were I'm, thinking that in 1995. You're not thinking that in 2019? Oh, well, program doesn't even tour because they don't make CDs anymore. And, uh, but Hootie, Hootie and the Blowfish so, does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw them in 2005, so I'm good. What a world we live in. Yeah. Well, what was Randy putting out? Was he saying you can't not? No, he says you can. He said you never you heard can. that. He never heard that rule before. He said he oh, no. wore makeup to the Kiss concert and all that. Oh man, no way. Yeah, what? I would have done that in my in my younger age. But as an adult now, I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks when I'm wearing a concert. No, so. no, I still still can't do it. No way, man. No, I definitely need breathe concert. I'm there. Need breathe shirt. You know what? I'm I'm okay with it if it's like a really really old vintage shirt I, I guess the main thing is you can't buy a shirt at the concert and then put that on at no. the same concert Ooh, just no. don't don't do Ew. that people do that dude <laughs> no way yeah they you keep do it, no you keep it in the bag or you put it around your neck no yeah I and see then people when do you're that done. all the time all these old losers <laughs> dude yeah that's that. that's door chop right there I mean, that's that's the bad thing yeah yeah can't you wear can't that shirt tours shirt no. at that tour you, no, can wear, like about, yeah. you can wear old school shirt to the concert. That's fine. Yeah, like if I saw Pearl Jam in 2013, I wore a shirt from 2000. Yeah, when I that's, saw, you know, that that's tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna wear a shirt from that tour. That's just that's tacky. <laughs> tacky. <laughs> now well, my big, a... never mind. Sorry, I was gonna go another. No, way. go ahead. I was no, my no, biggest man. pet peeve about band T-shirts is when I see this like person. I'll leave chump chump stain wearing like a Led Zeppelin shirt. I'm like, you're like 14 years old or like some 20 year old, like college girl. I'm like, Oh really? Really? What's your favorite Led Zeppelin song from Led Zeppelin too? Like, that's what I want to ask him. Or like, they'll have like a, you know, Beatles shirt. I'm like, really? What's your favorite Beatles song? That yeah. those people drop me when they wear a band t-shirt just because it's quote unquote cool. But that's, that sucks to me as a, as a huge rock and roll fan. It sucks. I, I think that. we can all agree on that. That is <laughs> yeah. the absolute worst right yeah. there. 
So it's the worst. Like Kim Kardashian rocking like a Beatles t-shirt, like <laughs> Abbey Road on it. I'm like, no, go home, go home, Let's go, get away. Hit us up with your thoughts on band t-shirts and concerts and all that good stuff. We will have a good band t-shirt story when we get to WrestleMania 27. So we will. That's true. Yes. That's true. And uh, we'll have. Uh, you, you can have lots of t-shirt stories if you go over to tpublic.com and Bingo. pick up a Talk and Taker t-shirt. And you know you'll never have to worry about what to wear to a concert, to a wrestling show, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, <laughs> pick that up. Support the show. Support us any way you can. Spread the word. Spread the love. Leave a rating. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Download. All that good stuff, folks. And uh, don't forget our friends, like I mentioned, on the bottom line, Wrestling Cats. Go give them a follow and a listen. And, uh, yeah, man, that's all I got to say. Well, if you were there at the first Mariner Arena and you had some some cheap seats, some great seats, whatever, we don't care. We, we, I would love to know what your thoughts were sitting there watching this classic just unfold in front of your eyes. It's just such a great match. And like I said, let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know if you're wearing your favorite band's T-shirt that night or if you're wearing a vintage Undertaker T-shirt. Who knows? But uh, let us know. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Again, 116 episodes in, and we got quite a ways to go. But thank you guys for hanging in there and for being our fans and creatures of the night. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a happy Halloween. And... If you dress up as the Undertaker, hit us up on mm. social media. We'd love please, to see that. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you dress up as me or Alex or something, or wear a Talk and Taker t shirt, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. <laughs> I have no doubt your intentions are truthful. But there's one reality not even you can escape. At no way out. You will rest in peace.